Hi, beautiful people, and welcome to the Mojo Mecca podcast, a hub for the exploration of ritual, poetry, plants, and purpose. We are here for the deepening of our relationship to the earth, for the love of living in a sustainable way, for the creation of a global network of minxes seeking more mojo, for vulnerability, for thriving, and for joy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. Now let's dive into today's conversation. In this conversation, I'm speaking to Jacqueline Hodes, founder and designer of the fashion label A Wave Awake. A Wave Awake is a creation of beautifully ethereal and feminine plant-dyed sustainably made pieces. As a healer, artist and activist herself, Jacqueline hopes to share a message of environmental sustainability, conscious consumption, an adornment that truly reflects a sense of self-love. We speak about her journey coming from more of the mainstream fashion world into recognizing her passion for a newer, more sustainable way of creating a label, her new phase now of exploring color therapy through her garments, and also her daily health, beauty, and nature rituals that keep her feeling connected. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed it. So when I, when I started a wave awake, it was because, um, I was, I felt that I was dressing in a certain way and I didn't really see it available. Like right now, you know, the incarnation of the slip dress is like everywhere. I think every collection of all different levels has a slip dress, but I was only seeing vintage ones. And that's pretty much, even though I was in the fashion industry, I was, felt like I was a bit of an outsider in terms of I would really only wanting to wear vintage and and not really buying designer things I, I pretty much like felt like I had emancipated myself from anything too mainstream early on I just assisting stylists um, for publications like U.S. Vogue and and Teen Vogue I, I felt like okay this isn't quite my home and yet there was something that still felt like I had some business with, I think. So um, anyway, I was wearing, I was going deeper into my, my practice, spiritual practices, because I had started doing yoga, I think as early as 2000, um, when I got back from Paris. And only really in order to heal this, like what felt like a really, a breaking of illusions. Like I got to Paris um, in 2000 and I started assisting stylists for these really creative magazines, like Dazed and ID. And it was in Paris, so it was like a full immersion of like where creativity, fashion, culture all really came together. And you could feel sort of like that, like what was happening in London at that time was also really fertile and exciting. And it was like crossing over, you know, across to Paris and, and it was really exciting to be part of it. And yet I felt like this depression came on too, because I saw behind the scenes, like I really believed in these images and the power of creating images and how inspired I was and, and how they told stories, these fashion spreads, you know, and, and I really like was a bit naive, I surprised myself to see that once I was behind the scenes and looking at it and, and like, and it was really like this thing that came over me where I was both a bit attracted to it and also a bit, a bit horrified by it too like I just the veil was lifted and yet instead of like running away I sort of crept towards 
that. Um, and so, um, yeah, I got back to New York and I, and I still felt like I was following something that I wanted to sort of figure it out or make it right. I think that's the thing. Like when you have five planets in Scorpio. So it's like, I think I see, I see that abyss and I am like a bit afraid, but I, I want to peer in. I just can't just walk backwards and backpedal. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's something here. I'm still supposed to figure out. And I, I think I was, so I don't think that was an accident. Um, but I, I would go in and out. And so I, I was assisting stylists for a while. And then I would, um, then I went to graduate school for costume and textile history. And I, and I, it was a museum program. So there was, it was preparing you to, um, to, to do sh like historical costume shows with textiles and the clothes, the vintage, you know, the vintage, they don't call it, but the like historic costumes on the mannequins. And it was really technical. And also the history was the part that was most inspiring to me. And I felt like, although it was very cool to put on a show and I had delusions of grandeur of like, oh yeah, I want to be a curator, like the way that Deanna Vreeland was like in the Met back in the, you know, the seventies. The, the Met Museum in um, New York is where she put on these amazing cost the shows with all the costumes and she somehow made them really relevant and I think it changed the whole way that people um, display clothing um, in museum settings especially. So that was really inspiring and kind of grounded things for me while in New York. Um, but I also felt like that wasn't quite my path either. Um, but that was, it gave me a little bit more grounding. And then I ended up going back and assisting more stylists, um, and doing my own styling. And I actually got invited to be the fashion editor of Vice magazine. Um, it was really interesting <laughs> because I, it was, it was, um, not high fashion, but they wanted to make it like a bit more high fashion. Um, and so I was invited in and I also again thought, okay, I'm gonna like take this and transform it. And again, I, I felt the limitations. So I was constantly kind of dipping into things and getting blocked. So I was like, okay, hmm, still going for something here. I'm not quite sure I'm not done with this. My karma isn't over with fashion, but but it just wasn't happening. And I, and I started devoutly doing uh, Kundalini yoga. I, stepped into my first class, I believe it was 2007 or eight. I'm a little confused which year, but um, I heard Sat Nam and it just like activated something within me. And I am like within a few weeks was taking teacher's training and um, Gurmukh, one of the teachers said that if, you know, what you're doing now is not in alignment, it is definitely not gonna work. And I think that's true for a lot of people you know, in the past several years, but it, it was definitely like, I was forewarned. And uh, most of the talk was about the Aquarian age coming. So it was really being prepared for, for 2012 and the beyond, like, you know, this teacher's training and the practice, but that really resonated. And I thought, okay, I'm shooting like porn stars with Richard Kern um, for Vice. And like, oh yeah, he's a legend of sorts, but like, this isn't really, align with my my ethics and my sensibilities and i'm making compromises mm -hmm. um so whether it was high fashion and i saw the kind of cruelty and the dis the disorders around that or if it was or it was even like this more kind of punk rock low fashion 
it was just all of it was not really authentic to me. Um, you know, so I was like, what is next? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the next was, was a wave awake. Um, and it was, it was back to the slip dresses. Um, I was starting to collect slip dresses and, and I wanted to make my own. I didn't want the fussy details. And the problem also was that I was collecting a lot actually from a shop here in the Canyon, um, hidden treasures. And a lot of them, they were all dyed different colors, but they were synthetically dyed. And I could already tune into the vibration of like what a synthetic dye was. And really clearly when, because a lot of clothes, you know, it's not like you can tell that they were over dyed with a chemical. It just, it just is. And so when I saw these old vintage slips and they were so, you know, flattering and beautiful and, and timeless and yet a bit fussy too, I was also like, a bit repelled by these synthetic colors. And so that's when the research started happening um, with dye, dyes, natural dyes and synthetic dyes and different materials. And um, it's like, I always knew I was gonna be a designer, but I was intimidated by the education. Like I had a humanities, art history, you know, liberal arts education. And yet I went into styling, which I didn't need that education for. But then I still had that, this feeling like, oh no, you have to, I don't know where that's coming from. I guess that's the Virgo moon, but, or how I was raised, you know, you have to go through the protocols. And um, so I think I just held back. And then this divine man said he wanted to do my patterns. And, you know, really broke it down to, for me. And he said, like, I don't need to know how to cut, sew, and, you know, create a pattern. We could co-create, you know, like, there are people that do that. There are people that are experts in that, and you all work together. Um, so, yeah, with a little sketching and, and with my own vintage collection and my, the history of, you know, the, the fashion scene that I worked in as a stylist and consultant and um, even that history you know, the, that I got to look into the archives and look through all the different structures of how clothing was made from, you know, the 1600s and onward, I think led me up to that point where it was just time to finally, <laughs> to finally make my own clothes. The whole time was so energized, like 2010, 11. And um, I was just, there was just so much being channeled. It was a really, really potent time for me um, and I think for a lot of people in terms of creating and so just the name the the not everything just kind of came together very seamlessly and uh, it's interesting because I feel like now I'm at a rebirth point with it a rebirthing point with it it's like there's a there's been a, a return <laughs> there's a bit of a solar return with it where I'm like okay and so here it is and yet now it wants to become something something more it's like it wants i'm getting i'm there's a new relationship with it i think that's beginning to emerge yeah with these projects that we start they kind of and i've spoken about this i think in another podcast about them kind of being their own entities and kind of um you know like like what you just expressed then about it just being so visionary the whole kind of process of the name and how it was all going to come together like it was already there but you just needed mm -hmm. to remember again and bring it through yeah, um, absolutely. yeah so what are you feeling in terms of 
the revolution of it now and the the new direction well i think the new direction is really becoming a little bit more fearless which for some people they don't have that but because i I was part of the fashion industry and I worked with these other designers too, as a bit of an apprentice and a consultant, I saw that, you know, there's a way you do it and there's a calendar and you adhere to it. And then you have a showroom and you sell it and there's a wholesale price and there's a retail price. And it's just not supportive for a designer who's doing things truly sustainably. You know, it doesn't really factor in. It doesn't even really allow for the part where you educate the consumer about why, the why. So I think that would look like for me is um, hopefully being able to lower the price point so that it's more accessible than it's been um, um, because it's silk and it's a lot of it's bias cut and then naturally dyed. Um, it's expensive and especially when there's the retail markup. So I want to sell mainly direct or through a different model using a, like a, a pop-up model, but just in a different way, like having events and gatherings, but also educating, um, called the consumer is a weird word, but like educating or sharing the process more, the properties of the dye plants, the energetic signatures of colors that we use, like color is such a huge part of, of, the, um, the my creative expression with a wave awake and the different palettes each season and so really it's like I'm going back to school or something to like it's like it's already there you know the formula is already there for the actual physical offering the clothing but I'm actually like needing to uh, to take some steps back to move forward and and I'm just pouring through some really great books like on on um, on color therapy and color and like color healing and um yeah just getting kind of closer to my herbal studies and essential oils and and just the plants and and get and really connecting more deeply with with what always inspired me but um yeah like retelling the story like they just they just want there's more of a story that wants to come through um and and an education like educating consumers because I take it for granted like people in our community already kind of know but maybe they don't even fully know why you know um and then the majority of people are still sort of not really sure why they would choose a naturally dyed clothing like piece of clothing like maybe vibrationally or intuitively there is a sense but I think like um elucidating that more like bringing it forth more sharing more i think i've been a little bit like withholding out of fear or something that i didn't want to lead with the message that i didn't want to be so heavy-handed um so i think i need to tease that out a bit and um yeah and just like fall in love again with the like it's not that i fall, fell out of love with the wave awake but it's like i need to go deeper because it really is like a relationship you know creating mm -hmm. business so um and when I, when I started the business in 30 and at 33, I was really like calling, I was really calling a relationship in. <laughs> so I did, it was like this, this, this thing. And then also just, you know, I didn't name the, the brand after me. I, I named it a wave awake because it was definitely a very channeled that name. I, I saw it and I felt it, then I saw it and I thought, okay, this is strange, but it, it was just, it was the name, you know, and like named itself. And then, 
I feel that um, it's named that way and not after my name because it, it, I want to partner with people on this line and it's not just me anymore. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it wants to be polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> like, not me, but my brand does. Like, it just wants more, it wants more lovers, you know? It's not just about me, you know, carrying it. I think that there's just new energies that, um, and there's some exciting possible, you know, things happening that uh, with other people coming in to kind of help me further the project. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Mm. so how has it um how has it been i guess moving from new york to now the california vibe and the the energy there have you felt like a shift in the way that it's been designed too mm. yeah that's really interesting i mean what i i was in new york a lot longer than i i felt vibrationally attuned to new york because i had um a place to stay and so it kept me, um, I think, probably three years beyond when I maybe would have otherwise have left. I probably would have left in 2012, um, but it was still sort of holding me. And uh, the one thing about New York that's such magic is that you really get done. What I can get done in a week or maybe uh, two weeks in LA, I can get done in like a day or two in New York. It's just like easy it's easy to get from point a to point b and and i don't know it's not just la i think it's also where i live in topanga um it's a bit removed um you know i'm in the mountains and it's such a blessing to be immersed in nature and and just walk into like the state park over here and just like connect because i can connect whether i'm not directly connecting necessarily to the plants that i'm using for the the the, the clothing I'm still connecting to the plants and then I could really source inspiration more directly and in New York it was all on this like kind of more energy idea realm and I'm and it, I think that was reflected in the fact that like the business wants to grow because I'm becoming more grounded and embodied and so by being having direct access to the, the material and I, I think, think that's just like the plant material and and even though now the, the clothes are made in Bali, so it's further away from like, you know, where I, where I eat and sleep every single day, it's like just being on this land, it's really, it feels very connected. And I would go so far as like, I think that there's a magical doorway here in Topanga that would lead to Bali. I just haven't found it yet because there's just really like an energy line that feels similar. So if I'm going to be in, in America, in the States, I would, I would feel like it would have to be here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just being, having access to be like, you know, you drive to be close to the ocean, like you drive through down the mountains and you hit um, PCH and then the ocean is right there. And, you know, I can't imagine living a different way, but I didn't, I lived in New York city for so long. It's, just wild like I can't even imagine I think because I, I was traveling so much that's why it, I was spending equal just equal amount of time in LA and Bali that I was in New York um yeah and I would love to hear about your relationship with Bali and how it came about for you to design there mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, it was interesting. Um, I feel that Bali came first into my into my realm as early as 2003, and when I first lived in, in LA. I believe I was living with a woman, and her um, her brother was married to a Balinese woman. And then something else about Ibu um, Robin Lim came up on like a a blog or something. And this is like really really early days of like still even in a way like internet as we know it but but I was it was first brought to my attention and uh I just felt Bali and I thought oh that's some place you go like far off into the future and then you know fast forward um I in 2012 I had met someone who lived partially in Asia and um it was like a friendship that was also romantic and um it didn't quite turn out as I thought it might, but it did, it did inspire me a lot to travel. And so I was coming uh, in Asia, to Asia yearly in part to spend some time with this person, but also to get closer to the material. I wanted to get closer to the silk that I was using. I wanted to get closer um, to just like a play this, these lands and inspired me creatively. And, and it's funny that the bamboo basket thing is so exploded because, and so trendy because I was looking to recreate a, a bamboo bag that I hadn't seen before a basket. And that actually, uh, in so far as I was thinking it would has not come to fruition, but, um, so I was just very inspired. And then uh, he had told me that there was a dye house in Bali, a natural dye house, this guy. And he had already tested some fabrics out because he had um, he was an early sustainable person and design person. So he introduced me to some of that. And um, it was only when I think uh, three years after I first went to Asia and we met up that he went back to London to sell his boat and didn't return. I thought we'd travel more. And I had this open-ended, I don't know, ticket uh, and a lot of extra time. And after traveling um, with my friend Maya and her family, Maya of Spirit Weavers and, and doing some other solo traveling in Laos and whatnot, I was like, okay, where's next? And, it, and I saw that Ama was in Singapore and that just led me directly, like the practical side of me. It's like, okay, well, Amma's in Singapore. I'm going to go get a hug. And that's the perfect stopover on the map from Laos to, or maybe I was in Bangkok, to Bali. Because like for you, right, it's not that far, far away. It's almost like Hawaii, right, is to us. Yeah. But from where me, I am right now, it's only three-hour flight. <laughs> wow. Even closer than Hawaii. But yeah. for me, it was like just really, really far out there. And, and uh, I didn't grow up traveling like that just to Europe. But my family still hasn't really been to Asia. So that was just like the next other place, you know, that I would eventually go. But it just wasn't really like, right, not right now. But it was really clear that it was time. And I got there and I, it was like I arrived home. I don't know. There was something so familiar and exciting to me about that land. And I immediately connected to um, um, Alora and John Hardy of Bamboo Inda, the Green People, and uh, Ibuku in the Green Village. And that was amazing because I had listened to John's TED Talk and had seen images of um, what Alora was doing, I think actually in Vogue. And it was like, 
I felt so connected to it, you know, and I didn't really know, but it wasn't like, oh, I have to get there. It just, it all made perfect sense. I'm like, wow, what? this is crazy. I was like, this feels so familiar and so wild. And just like hearing Gamelan and, and Balinese dance, like it, it was just all already part of me. And it, and it just being there, it was just like mind blowing. And of course, you know, your first time Bali is incredibly seductive. And so the first time I think when you have a karma there, the first time you arrive, it's like, just like all, like you're just like blown open, inspired. So that's really what happened. And I got straight to work. And coincidentally, um, it was also fortunate because my dyer in New York, in LA, this like beloved, brilliant woman, Jane Palmer had closed up her dye house um, just because it was so hard to do and so hard to run. And she was such a master. Um, and one of the first people I know working in this way with machines too and extracts, which is really amazing. But so I was really left with like, this was really my only option, although it wasn't completely conscious that I was going to, you know, I had to go. It just kind of all happened. So I got straight to work. Um, and, you know, Bali was really kind. I just navigated it well. And then of course, you know, other stuff like a static dance and, you know, getting a, a colonic and then realizing you're now going to go into like a retreat for a week to like, you know, reparent yourself. I mean, <laughs> all the, all the happened in Bali <laughs> and then asking mama Bali for a lover, like maybe the last two weeks and getting like quite an unusual <laughs> story. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just full on. And I, and I stayed three months. Um, and I hadn't, you know, I hadn't anticipated that, but it was just like, I couldn't leave. And it was just super deep, super healing and, and, you know, like an intense energy too. And so I, it's good. I got to see the other side, you know, Bali is complicated and, and uh, it's, a, there's a magnifying held up, magnifying glass held up to every aspect of, you know, self and other too, when you're there. So it was a great, um, a great experience. And then also, strangely enough, I arrived there and I kind of stopped doing Kundalini yoga. I've integrated it back in, but it was like time to really get into body and feel my feet on the ground and, and dance and like figure out how to let, you know, shake some of these, the uptight kind of all encompassing lifestyle protocols that are part of that practice off a little bit. Um, and they serve such an amazing purpose for a while, but, but then the message really in Bali was like, you know, get into the body, like get, get into it, figure it out. And it, I think that's what I'm still doing. And, um, yeah, Bali is quite a teacher, healer, yep. mother. <laughs> yeah. It's me. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, Yep. <laughs> totally feel right. there. I know a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's so interesting. I, I go through waves of um, like feeling drawn there, like really strongly. And then sometimes just feeling a just very clear. No, not the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going yep. through a, a no time right now, actually, which is interesting because I just went there for Bali spirit festival and um, 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but it was kind of like I didn't feel like I needed to stay. It was interesting, even though there was a huge part of me that was like, oh, my God, I want to live here again. But it was still a no. So, yeah, I think she's very clear with her messages. <laughs> so um, I got the no a few times, too. Um, and so I definitely, I completely agree with you. It's like when you're called in, you're called in and you just need to kind of listen to that. And I stayed away for a whole year and a half when I made the move here. Um, so that was really interesting. And then it was time again to go, like the volcano started happening and I got pulled back in. Um, and it was, it wasn't very active when I was there, but it was interesting. Like I booked the ticket and then it started going off. And then the media was going off about it. And so it was very, that was, that was an interesting little moment. Um, and I was only there for a month and it was exactly what I needed. And gosh, it was, it was more about going deeper and still connecting, I think, to the land, but not, not feeling, I mean, there's always that moment where she gets you and you want to, you want to be there. But I think if you listen deeper to yourself and her, you're definitely going to get more of the message of like the nuances because we all know people that don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> they get, you know, they get served some more than they need sometimes, you know? So, so yeah, I, I think that I'm supposed to be here in Topanga or I feel that I am and then still connect to Bali. And I'm just sort of waiting to find out when's next. I mean, I have to, you know, just follow the business and, um, when I need to, you know, connect to my makers and the people I'm working with there. Um, but I also really have some good people on the ground. So, so yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to maybe be there before the end of the year, I'm assuming, but I'm not sure exactly when, when that yeah. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, yeah. And you probably resonate with this too, just that aspect of, being that bridge because, you know, of course it feels so comfortable for us to live really far out um, in that, those sort of places. And I know a lot of people do tend to just kind of stay there because it feels so good. But um, mm -hmm. I, I, I see that in you. It's like you are here to bring a really strong message to that um, mainstream kind of fashion industry and the model um, that it, you know, delivers to people and that people just take on. Um, so I, I, I really feel like you're here to just show a new way. And as you were saying before, um, when talking about just the new direction that you want to take it in, I just, I feel like, yeah, I, I just had this vision of you creating a video where you kind of are sharing more of your voice and your vision and, um, showing people the process and why it is that you're doing what you're doing and just speaking more openly about that. I feel like that would be so beautiful to see. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you for having that vision. Yeah. That's, it's funny too, because in 2000, uh, what year was it? Well, two years ago in, I think it was December. I, I try, I went to film at the dye house over there. Um, and the girl sort of disappeared who did the work and I kind of knew that could happen, you know, but, um, so this past December when I went over, um, a friend did some filming, uh, and it was I'm having some challenges with that coming out on time, but I do trust, um, 
that that will come out and it's both uh, a model in Bali wearing the clothing in in the environment and also um, the filming at the dye house not with I, words really just visually but mm -hmm. I do agree like there there, I, there needs to be more words around it more speaking um, and so that's definitely next too so thank you for having and holding that vision because yeah I know a lot of people are naturally dying um, things in like a, a small way because that's it's so hard to do and um i i even don't know how far the collection can go just using one one dyer here um over in bali because it's like there's such a small capacity in certain ways and yet i know it's the the old new way of doing things and there's other ways to work with the, the dye stuff and machines and and to just dye your own things you know both at home and in these commercial settings with the plant material it's really amazing how it can be scaled up in that way and even you know in a way industrialized and and it depends on kind of you know where you want to take it but i think that there's definitely room for more more speaking on it and voicing it so yes that's definitely next mm -hmm. it's like i'm like oh god just because it's silk does not mean it's sustainable like you know how it how is it made and and if you're going to buy silk and it's chemically colored like but i know not everyone is a purist and and i know that like the small steps are important um but i just feel like you know the same thing with food and other things we consume i think that people are going to start thinking more and more about what they're putting on their bodies in terms of garments and so if they haven't already that's going be something that's like larger and larger in the consciousness um and hopefully as our like extra sensory and sensory systems expand into the world we're being able to discern better right because that's kind of what's happening with both like material things and people you know everyone's kind of catching on to things and then we just have to tune in deeper as to like which is real and which is not real or rather like what resonates and what doesn't. So it's really like, we're now having to like navigate more and more vibrationally because yeah, I mean, it's just easy to label something and not know and also just to hope it's done well. And I, and I have had that problem still with like sourcing material. Like it's really hard to find silk and that you know and trust where it's coming from. Um, even though it's natural and biodegradable, um, same with, I mean, all material. So it's really like a process of refinement. So I try not to, you know, get judgy or offended <laughs> by other people who are like, you know, cutting the, say the corners or, or like assuming something sustainable and they don't really know. So I think it's both like voicing the education and just trusting that people are going to just discern more because they're going to just naturally like tune in and, and make choices like as to what they put on their body as much as what they put in their body. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all emerges. Um, but it's definitely something that is not an easy thing to keep up with. Yeah. Um, and I have even at moments like, succumb to being frustrated <laughs> about you know certain people saying they're sustainable or being sustainable but that's just like my own ego needing to get out of the whole game and just trust and you know like i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing and 
you know, that's not my business. And then, you know, we all do it in our own way, you know, and, and some of us have different callings to, to, you know, go so far with that. Um, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I think yeah, there's definitely positives in it anyway, because then even, yeah, even brands who aren't really totally doing it in a sustainable way, even those words, you know, kind of inspire something in people and maybe they will look more deeply into organics and that sort of you know i see it just rippling further and further as the years go on really it's it's pretty incredible the movement that is happening and i guess it's interesting because i feel like as that kind of conscious movement you know ripples out further and increases so does you know the destructive if you want to call it darker but i guess whatever it is just the opposite of that energy is increasing also so i don't know i feel like our lifetime's gonna see a lot of oh no it already is i mean there's so much stuff going on in the world and i feel like that is what's pushing a lot of people more and more into themselves and more and more into like discernment and um yeah really having to use their choice because there is so much shit out there we have to really you know keep ourselves in check to see what we're taking in and what we're giving and how we're relating with the world so yeah I think that like the veil is lifting right so like as the veils are getting thinner and thinner and lifting it's just like the things you don't think about like we don't I don't know that I ever thought about how something is colored like why is something why does your clothing have color to it? You know, like mm -hmm. you just, we just take it for granted, you know, and you don't see it being made. And most of our clothes are being made so far from where we live, where we, you know, that's part of why we've allowed it to happen. And, and just like places like China, right. They're like super, they're, they're having to clean up so hardcore for all the mess of the rest of the world and all these other countries. So, so in a way, like, they're really really inspired to like clean up i don't know when i was in china i saw some of that i know there's very far to go with that but um yeah i don't know it's it's pretty incredible that we can even make this effort and that people will be offering these things instead of you know only being able to you know naturally dye your clothing at home in you know on the stovetop that, you know, you, that's actually something you can choose to support. It's super inspiring. Um, and it's just, it, there's just more and more of it happening all the, all the time. 2012, when I started 2011, there really was only a few sustainable companies that I was aware of. So that's definitely something really huge and the whole dress clean and even going so far as like wear your medicine is <laughs> so a tagline of I know has has been using to describe their their clothing endeavors it's like really inspiring so I yeah I'm excited to see kind of how the um how the industry keeps up with it and how the what the consumer chooses to support as yeah as like the, it ripples out Mm hmm. And what's some, been some of the response that you've gotten, I guess, from people who buy your clothing and also um, maybe just, yeah, further in, like in the fashion industry too, from maybe people you used to work with or, um, yeah, what's the response been? 
Yeah, well, it's it's amazing. I feel that um, you know, there's the the natural diet sustainable piece with my clothing and then there is just sort of another intention which has been about like wearing your royal projection as a woman and like embodiment. And I think like that part is interesting. It's the kind of thing that you know when you're it's when you're designing something you're creating um with feelings in mind right and like um ideas and how that translates you know onto the cloth and visually is really is really interesting and i i didn't necessarily know that what i was feeling and tuning into would necessarily be perceived but it feels like i was talking to a friend yesterday and um I mean, mainly the people that I get feedback from are friends, you know, still, even all these years later, like, I'm, it's still kind of small that way, like, because I don't necessarily get all the feedback from when things have been in stores, but people, uh, the women who wear it seem to feel that they feel protected, and yet it's very, like, uh, it's not like it's structured, heavy clothing, it's unlined silky bias cut which is very you know curve hugging clothing and like and layering options but um it's very like diaphanous and perhaps like ethereal seeming yeah that uh, there's this, this this kind of a powerful uh protective energy to the clothing themselves and so when i heard that that was really exciting to me to hear that that was like the reflection. Um, and I'm also really inspired. I don't make men's clothing yet, but how men respond to the clothing is really, really like really gets me every time. Like it's so feminine in certain ways in so many ways actually, but um, I get so many beautiful reflections from men about the clothing, um, which I just love. I really love that. Um, and just, um, yeah, the, the great thing about the clothing is like not many people have access to it. You know, it's like, they have to get it online and I'm just a team of like me and an assistant right now, but it's taking a long time. But like the women that wear it, they, they tend to only want to wear and have a wave awake in their closet. So still just a handful of women. <laughs> that <laughs> Um, I'm teasing, but pretty much in a way, but they're devout. They're like a devout customer. And so that's really why it's imperative for me to try to figure out how to lower the price point and um, get it out there a little bit more. So that's an, an exciting challenge, like now that it's out there in the world and there's like a, an energy and a, a vibration around the, the creations and the the business. It's like, okay, now how do we take this further and so yeah i hope like to get many more reflections from women that can um you know afford it even if it's you know still like a special piece that that we can get more um naturally dyed clothing out there and i also just think of it as a it's more than a fashion line in a way someone said it's like a, a beauty and wellness line like think of it like that it's not just fashion is sort of a limiting term it's like it's like it's like uh yeah it's like um it's part of hopefully like a ritual a daily ritual of like self-care mm. take, take it further you know like there should be kind of rituals or if there's rituals around bathing like there should be maybe rituals around dressing and i feel that we have we all have our unspoken ones you know yeah how we 
to dress ourselves. Um, and I'd like to sort of create more um, rituals and, and hope that the clothing supports that and that and that you know people can weave in their piece of naturally dyed silk or silk cotton uh, with what else they wear in the world. You know, it's not like it needs to be a head to toe <laughs> lifestyle that you adhere to, but that you know you you um, just bring in those plants and and either you're you know dyeing your own clothing or you're um, investing in a piece, um, and hopefully you know it just brings some like romance and poetry and you know upliftment to the women that wear it and then hopefully or the men that wear it and hopefully um that will also become part of the the vision is to include the men folk mm, i'd love to say that i'm like that. i know my friend put her boyfriend in a robe and it was like really really stunning on him <laughs> so I was like, we can make this work and i know like a lot of men we know can pull it off Totally. I wanted to speak to you about ritual and how your dresses are a sense of ritual and wellness for people. And um, yeah, I just really love speaking to people about their own rituals and wellness tips and, you know, what they do on the daily to keep themselves feeling beautiful and connected and um, yeah, healthy and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I live like about half a block away from this incredible um, Topanga State Park. So it's part of the Santa Monica Mountains. Um, and it's just so beautiful. And the terrain is um, mountainous and a bit dry, but there's, we're in the time of the year of the bloom. And so there's these amazing wildflowers and um, last year in particular, there was certain wildflowers and it's so interesting this year, there's a lot of the same old standbys and there's a whole new crop of different ones that have grown in place of the other ones. And it's like, I've been going through some things, some minor health things, um, I think having a lot to do with making the move from a more travel nomadic lifestyle and living in like fast paced New York. And then now being in the slower environment with like, stagnation in my body and a amazing friend of mine came by the other day and she was like oh my goodness there's cleavers they're growing in like your back she's like you're they're in your front yard like by your car like how is that possible i've never seen cleavers in like topanga and cleavers are really good cleansers for the lymphatic system and so pretty much the medicine is all around um mm -hmm. uh, there and um topanga means where the mountain meets the sea so there's a lot of beautiful um kind of contrast there with like just the healing of the sea i haven't gone there enough but um i just like the pacific is so cold over this these parts but just like going in and and sort of just dowsing oneself with that beautiful you know salt air and um I often go and work somewhere in Malibu where you're just like getting all those negative ions from the sea, just like surrounded, surrounding yourself with that, that beautiful salt air. And um, yeah, it's a really magical place to live. So just nature is providing. Um, but also since I'm in LA, there's just like such an uh, abundance of like healers and, and people that I'm seeing. So I've been going to see a naturopath and um, she's incredible. 
and we're healing some stuff there because I think it's sometimes when you're moving around, the body spares you and then you're in one place and it's like, it all comes out, you know, all the, all the little subtle things, you know, really like make themselves known. Thing. So, so just handling like little minor things that have been um, in the background and just like travel things, you know, all those not so pleasant things like parasites and, all that jazz but um so yeah so la is just like on the uh infrared and ozone and all these great things that you know people brought to bali too but um it's really pervasive here so i've got a little help in my rituals through all the access to all these healers and healings but um my daily rituals would be um in addition to like the forest and sea bathing um yeah, what do I what do I do? Well, I've had this really interesting thing called the amp coil with me. Um, and it's um, based on uh, using sonic vibrations to also diagnose and to send frequencies, um, healing frequencies. So I've been playing around with that actually daily, um, but I'm going to be giving it back to a friend so that will no longer be a ritual and rotation. But um I've actually like backpedaled a little bit from from like going full on with superfoods um, and all the adaptogens um, that I've been using and keeping it a little bit more simple in the moment. You know, I, I think that I go through cycles with that, you know, and right now my body is just like, we want matcha and coconut milk. <laughs> so that's been kind of the daily thing, you know, in the past, like, you know, superfoods, smoothies, and all these healings. But I've actually um, been also um, listening to the medical medium. And so celery juice in the morning has been a really amazing healing healer. And I can't even explain how and why, but if you're having any like imbalances in your microbiome, like celery juice, just sorts it out. I seem to be hearing and seeing so many people getting into the morning celery juice. Yeah, um, why is that the thing to give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> so celery juice in the morning, if I can remember, um, matcha, and um, instead of yoga, what my body wants right now is this intense thing that I'm so surprised I'm doing it, but it's called The Class, and it's by a woman named Taryn Toomey. And it was started in New York, which is funny. Usually things start in LA and then go to New York in America. But now this is a New York thing that came to LA. And it's um, sort of an aerobics class, for lack of better explanation, but it's using language of embodiment and presence. And like, it's really full on and it's so humbling. And I haven't worked out like ever in my life. And so this is like a workout. And, and yet it's using, you know, a lot of language that we know from yoga and spiritual practices. And it's, it's kind of mind blowing and it's really getting me in my body and the teachers are incredible. And so that's like my new yoga. Um, mm, sounds fun. Yeah, It's really fun. And there's a, like, oh, there's also some like uh, noises that you make and like, in a way, it's kind of like Kundalini Yoga prepared me for this. So nothing is too weird for me when it comes to like 
this, these kind of movement practices. Um, and yet I feel that I am being called back into um, like some more subtle yogic kundalini practices that I were such a part of my regular life um, that I, that I distanced myself a little bit from like, you know, not wanting really to connect to the communities here. Um, just seeing a lot coming out of that. And so returning to that, like my personal practice um, and yeah, there was just such a slew of, of herbs and supplements and I'm um, kind of chilling out on that. I do take the Quinton isotonics daily. What are those? They have um, a seawater in them and um, the, the naturopath actually like charged them. Um, she has a healing, uh, healing machine that also is like the amp coil, but, uh, more, more precise and advanced. And it, in the first session, it like tells you everything, like everything that could possibly have been in your body and emotional system ever. It's really crazy. Um, so wow. part the salt water with the, the balancing frequencies that you are, I mean, this stuff is so crazy. It's so sci-fi. <laughs> but um, so good so um yeah quinton q-u-i-n-t-o-n i don't know they're in a lot of shops here um not a lot but in several mm-hmm. um and yeah it feels like a moment of of getting keeping it back to basics in a lot of ways i think I, it goes through waves with like what i'm taking and um i use a lot of essential oils um i know you do too um like playing with those and tuning into those has been really, really like so inspiring. And I feel like I'm just in the beginning of that journey, but um, there's an amazing line out here called, well, it's actually, I think out here, but um, the founder lives in Canada. It's called living libations. Mm-hmm, um, I've heard of them. Yeah. Super high quality stuff. Um, so I just use, use that like that face oil and, just keeping it so so simple um try to take the salt baths and yeah essential oils and drinking good water and yeah i think dressing dressing according to the the day and the moment and just really tuning in i think what's i'm getting really inspired by is color and like why we're choosing certain colors and why certain colors at certain times are really more apt and more like supportive. And for me right now, it's green. It's like that, right? That like earth frequency, the heart chakra. I just feel like that's what I'm really attracted to is greens and blues. Um, yeah, and I'm and I don't even I'm not even going to speak about it yet because there's so much more I need to learn about the frequencies and the relationships to. Um, to the course chakras we all know kind of a lot of us know a little bit about what chakras are related to what colors but there's just infinitely more to know there um yeah and so i wear in a wave awake slip obviously under everything because i just like want that material against my skin um and then you know what i put on which stones you know which kind of metals i think it's all about getting more and more conscious and refined with that. So yeah, rituals, it's like how to tune into that more so to know that like before I walk out the door, I'm really like good with myself 
so that I can go out there into this like wild world because you know Topanga has got its own vortex its own swirl and then you're out in LA and like it's a weird place <laughs> and so you want to really like yeah I think make dressing as much a ritual as all the other self-care aspects of self-care um yeah so do you, I'm sure you I mean you're you have such like I've just seen you've um created some really beautiful rituals that you've shared I've been really inspired by those and like what do you think about the dressing aspect do you think people are more unconscious about it but are tuning in or do you have you find yourself like tuning into that more too yeah I was actually just kind of reflecting on my journey of fashion in the last kind of yeah actually just kind of this year I feel like and I think just generally beyond fashion too just um like I've actually had a bit of a journey with my hair and my hairstyles and mm -hmm. that being a way to like almost just like solidify a new phase of life that I'm in. And I just recently, like a couple of months ago, dyed my hair very dark when it's naturally blonde. And then, yeah. and then yeah. I've been kind of wearing darker clothes too and just feeling, I still really love to wear white, but I've been more drawn to wearing like, darker clothes like wearing more black and it's very interesting it feels like this kind of protective energy or something and my mm -hmm. hair being darker too and um and I feel like that's kind of a, a phase of life that I'm in right now also it really reflects um yeah that that I'm no longer in a relationship again and kind of like really wanting that solo time and um, just this kind of a bit more withdrawn sort of from my regular communities that I move in and just really spending a lot more time with family and getting back to roots and that sort of element. So it does feel like that protective sort of vibes happening and I feel more protective over myself um, in this time. So that's kind of the darker tones feel like that for me. Um, but I also like my my kind of favorite colors to wear are really the kind of sandy earthy sort of tones like creams like dark creams and um like sort of browns and that sort of that those sort of tones I feel like are my main jam when it comes to clothing yeah that's what I associate you with based on you know me getting to meet you in person um although I really remember like the first time I think I one of the first times I saw you you were wearing um maybe something vintage but it was like really colorful and like there was a floral pattern but it's amazing like I don't forget some things like visually when I see someone was you're just wearing this really vibrant vintage color but then I, that was when I met you and of course that was like now some years ago and then I associated you with more of like the sandy tones and then I did see that you dyed your hair recently and that's interesting because definitely black you know there's a reason why people wear black in New York it is it's very grounding very protective um and it has an absolute place you know in in one's wardrobe and in one's time of life and I think it's really wise to tune into that and so interesting right to reflect on it and to see I want to do that more and more because I, you know, as a, and also as a stylist, I'm, you know, was tuning into sort of creating stories. I think when I, when I get dressed, I, you know, think of stories. And I think sometimes 
and of characters, I think of why it was so like illusion breaking and kind of heartbreaking, but also intriguing was I really used to, when I first started styling in Paris and I saw the behind the scenes, like what started me in this thing of like being both like kind of disheartened and also intrigued. I think like I really did believe in the power of like a dress can change your life, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind of crazy, but it's also like, I still believe that. I still believe in that. And it's not so literal, you know, I can say it, it sounds absurd, but like, it's the power of embodying the part of yourself and connecting to, you know, whatever references are in your subconscious and your history of, of what that means to be like empowered and embodied or protected or, you know, expressive, whatever it is. It's just like there's a lot of power i think to source there um and i think it still remains very unconscious for a lot of people you know or on the other side controlled by media or by influencers or trends you know instead of becoming really really personal so i think that's why i think i believe i've created sort of like or wanting to create sort of trendless pieces that are that are more um like like can be dressed up and can be styled in different ways. And they're just these like basic bases for the body. Um, and yes, they're luxurious and, and like, you know, perhaps say more sensual in certain ways, but that like a very woman who's very minimalist can wear or a woman who's really like, you know, uh, more expressive or more um, flamboyant can also wear. It's like almost just like a layer and a layer of say, armor that hopefully is like de-armoring you know that's like allowing you to kind of be more connected to self and and be more authentic so there's just yeah I'm, i feel like i'm getting excited thinking about making some of these like more unconscious things conscious to me, at least me and like sharing that journey um about the power of dressing yeah so that's pretty much like why I feel a bit reborn right now and jazzed about you know exploring that all mm. so. that's a whole other video that you could create once you've dove <laughs> even more into um your color therapy and mm -hmm. yeah because I yeah I so resonate with that and I feel like that's a really strong message that you bring through and what you create Thank you. Yeah. And I, I'm just scratching the surface on it. So um, yeah, it's like, I think that's this next, this next cycle is like, yeah, exploring that and then, and then sharing it soon, hopefully just like not withholding. I think this past year, you know, it's been a lot about incubation for me on a personal level and maybe, you know, reflected back out there. Like I've just, but it's maybe been a bit like the shadow side of that is withholding and, and kind of being stagnant with the energy. So I, I'm hoping now to sort of, you know, share more and express more because I'm just more, you know, I'm embodying it more too. So yeah, all in its right time. Yes. Yes, the trust. <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, um, I'm just so happy to be reconnecting with you. Um, yeah. feels like a long time coming and you know this whole 
I guess, organization process of doing this podcast has been kind of like trusting the right timing too. Cause um, yeah, but no, I feel like this is just perfect and it was the right time. And I think for both of us, we both had kind of strange few months, but it feels like the, the clarity's come through again and the direction and yeah. So it's been so beautiful to just hear more about your story and your vision and, I just love everything that you create um, and yeah, I'm so excited for the next revolution of it, the next phase. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful Chloe. It was like such magic speaking with you and, and when I saw you last in New York and meeting you in Bali and it's really, really wonderful to finally, for it to align as well. We've been talking about talking for a while, but yep in all in all in divine time so uh, i look forward to, to creating more with you and conversing okay. more with you and um i hope you make it out to california when the time is right i would love to isn't it have you ever been to spirit weavers you know i didn't i went two years ago and it was so epic it was so amazing and a lot of my friends are the founders and on the council uh, of spirit weavers and maya would Amy Woodruff, the founder, is a dear, dear friend of mine. And um, it was amazing to finally go because I think the, the previous two years I was in Bali. And so then I went two years ago and I didn't get to go last year. And then this year, too, I felt that I was just supposed to stay here. But I, I so see you there and I not going this year makes it like necessity that I go next year. So maybe we yeah. need to put that out there and... I really feel that. I mean, I've been feeling to go for the last like three years since I've known about it, but obviously it just hasn't been the right year, but um, next year, next year feels good. Yeah. Next year feels good. I, I like see you there. I can see you there already. So yeah, hopefully next year and like a year is just moving so quickly. So um, let's just like put it out there and hopefully um, yeah, we'll like, be there next year together with someone else <laughs> mm -hmm. that would be amazing I would love to create media there too maybe do like a beautiful series and dive in with a bunch of the women there and I would also really love to interview um Maya Amy for this podcast too she's incredible she's really like what she's created and it also keeps evolving and they have their own land now so um, yeah, that land is like super energized and it's very special. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like coming into more and more um, cohesiveness, you know, in alignment with the the festival each year. So I think by next year, it's like, yeah, it's high time. Yeah. All right. I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, definitely. So do you want to share how people can connect with you and a wave awake and dive into everything that you've been offering yes yeah, so you can find me on instagram um and my website awaveawake.com a-w-a-v-e-a-w-a-k-e um, are the best places to find me and um yeah we have a new site um as of last year and i i think that we need to even further update it with more of this the next phase of the brand so it's so like that i'm the same with mine i'm just always <laughs> wanting to update my site 
Yeah, and that's why Instagram is sort of more immediate, right? So it's more alive. Um, but I don't want to neglect the actual site offering. And I have a shop in Topanga. It's been a pop-up shop, but I'm going to um, take it, uh, start it back up with another friend, another space, end of the next month, I believe. Um, so anyone in Los Angeles can get in touch and come try on the silky, naturally dyed pieces. Um, um, in person. So yeah, it's by appointment only, but um, you can get the whole experience. And I think we're going to be having some gatherings and events um, around that, you know, in the space, just with other, other friends and collaborators and serving tea and having circles and, and um, even maybe getting more into this, like tuning into like color therapy and, and uh, yeah rituals around dressing and your body as much as you know healing your spirit it's part of just kind of like the holistic lifestyle mm -hmm. yeah as you were saying that i was seeing like this full-on workshop day where you dive into that like the ritual of dressing and mm -hmm. color and yeah and maybe there's yeah, a piece at the end of it or yeah, just learn more about the whole process. It's almost like my my master's degree, and I didn't I didn't finish my thesis, so I didn't get the degree. But the graduate work is all coming like full circle now. <laughs> so now it's like teaching about you know this and just filtered through my like you know spiritual healer studies. It's all isn't it all about merging it all? I feel yeah. like we're all doing that, and it's just really exciting. So. Stay tuned for that workshop. And once again, Chloe, thank you for holding that vision and clarifying it. I love that you're like seeing it all so clearly. It's, it really helps empower me to like, yeah, manifest that. So, yay. I'm happy to. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much again for this conversation. I'm so excited to put it out there. I'm really excited too and it's so nice to chat with you and I look forward to more.